Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is Zeke Keeley. Zeke Keeley is a reggae band out of Tucson, Arizona. I had the pleasure of sharing the stage with them a couple of weeks ago at the Last Exit Live in Phoenix, Arizona while on tour with Skank's Roots Project. These guys are definite shredders, and uh, uh, we get to talk to Zach, who is the lead guitarist, lead vocalist, and Gabe, who is the bass player, and we also we get to listen to their new single, Lion, which will be available everywhere, Spotify, Google Play, Tidal, Apple, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it'll officially be available on Friday, but uh, they're going to let me play the show today, Wednesday, and so thank you guys. I appreciate the exclusivity. Even though it's not that exclusive, I, I, I do believe they have a, a couple uh, radio spots that are going to play their song today as well, so... If you're in the Tucson, Phoenix area, be on the watch for that. Um, so before we get into the actual interview, I wanted to address a couple of things. First off, uh, I've been getting so much positive feedback for last week's episode with Corny Mims, uh, legendary bass player, played with you know Tupac and Death Row and 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 fucking Michael Jackson and 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 just so much more. He has so many credits that are just incredible. Uh, but uh, I want to read one of the comments left on the SoundCloud board uh, by Jimmy Randolph. And I've known Corny for years. Th- this is this is Jimmy Randolph's message. I've known Corny for years. I never knew most of the stuff he talked about. I'm proud of my brother. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for writing the show. I, I'm super proud of, of Corny, too. I mean, I've only known him for, you know, a little bit. And I only talked to him for like a couple hours. But... You know, I, I always appreciate people who are honest about their their drug use, about their their you know their mental health, about their the the weaknesses that are, are that are just part of the human condition. And Corny has such a great story about you know just just uh, digging his own grave with drugs and and and, and addiction and and becoming homeless and then digging himself right out of that grave and dusting his ass off with uh dusting himself off with a a grammy so um that's that's pretty impressive if you go to the depths of hell and come back with a grammy that's pretty fucking impressive so (laughs) as a musician i guess but uh anyways thanks a lot for everybody who's writing a show about corny mims and uh thank you again corny for taking the time out of your your busy life to talk to me uh if you want to write the show you can write the show at we speak english good at gmail.com you can also leave a message on soundcloud facebook instagram Wherever you find us, follow us on Instagram at We Speak English Good or on Facebook at the same handle. Uh, you can check out the newly redesigned WeSpeakEnglishGood.net and, uh, you know, there's things there. Go to RainAMistake.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Check out the new album, 1018. Uh, I had the honor of penning a couple of the songs alongside my beautiful wife, Raina Mystique. And uh, we're really proud of the album, and uh, we know that you guys are going to like it. So we just know. we just, Deep in our soul, we know. Anyways, you can stream it on Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you stream your music. You can get physical copies on the website, or uh, you can um, get physical copies 
at our live performances, which you can find on the Experience tab if you just go at randommystique.com and click on Experience. That'll show all our dates where we're playing. Uh, I think that's everything for now. I'm I'm sorry about this intro today. It's just been nuts. I, I quit coffee three days ago, and there is a, a I'm over the I'm over the I'm over the headaches. I'm over the lethargy. It's six in the morning right now. I've done this fucking intro like twenty times. It's I, I've been an hour on it. I, I usually I spend like ten minutes on an intro and outro. This has been ridiculous, and I blame it on not having coffee. So it's been three days. I'm past the majority of the awful withdrawal syndromes. Now there's just a hole where my soul used to be. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like waking up early and drinking coffee and getting to work. Fuck, dude. I'm over this intro. So <laughs> let's go to the let's let's talk to Zach and Gabe from ZK Keeley. Hey, hey, what's up, man? What's up? Yeah, not a much, not a much. What's up, fella? What's up, fellas? I should say. What's up? So, okay. so, could you guys introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, this is this is Zach right here, and uh, uh, my name is Gabe. Hey, Gabe. Thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I do apologize about the whole band not getting some, so you know, make sure you tell the band I'm sorry. It's a little difficult no, over cool. over this in these kind of conditions, but uh, but uh, with a couple we can manage. So I appreciate it. Uh, first of all, I want to say, Gabe, you are a joy to watch perform. By the way, oh, <laughs> just just a shout out. I really dig your like your bass face. And uh, and you got some tasty chops, and you do too, Zach. Uh, I, I can't leave you out, but I just wanted to give a little love to the bass because I feel like the bass never really gets the proper love it deserves, even though it's like the foundation. You know, it's the foundation. Oh man, I, I totally I totally agree with you on that one, man. Like it, when it comes to reggae, especially yeah. bass and drums, that's that's the whole that's the whole you know that's the backbone right there, that backbone and the heartbeat. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And you know, uh, a bass player pointed this out to me once is like, uh, uh, people don't even realize that they're like bobbing their head to the beat and the, in the bass. It's like, people don't really even realize that they're actually moving to that. So it, it mm. that, that kind of, kind of put, put it in perspective, you know, it's that foundation of the rhythm. It just sort of keeps you going, but you got chops too, man. Um, uh, it was, it was good to see a lead singer with like chops. I always dig that, you know, cause usually oh, the lead singer plays guitar and their rhythm, you know, cause they got to keep their shit together and sing, but, uh, you, you were laying it down too. But uh, enough, oh, enough of that, <laughs> no problem. Uh, enough of the dick riding. Uh, let's get to it. So, uh, <laughs> Zach, well, tell me about yourself, man. Well, do you got a lineage of music in your family? Yeah, so uh, I have some really great, great uh, aunts and uncles down the line who were kind of just like all across the board, pick up any instrument they pick up and just can learn how to play it in a week. And me, um, you know. 
but she always would every time I'd go over to the house she'd just drop me in the uh in her music room for a while and uh just let me go ham on the drums and then after a while I started just putting beats together and playing the music and then she got me my first drum set when I was in like third grade and so yeah I originally started as a drummer for been doing that longer than anything else so uh, do you still play drums yeah, yeah, on a regular basis, I still practice on a kit. I mean, I work at Guitar Center, so I don't have a kit at home. So I, you know, I got plenty of like electronic kids and and kids to play at work all the time. So. Hell yeah! <laughs> Do you work in the drum section or are you a roamer? Uh, I actually work in the warehouse. I used to be on the sales floor, and then I ran lessons for a while. But uh, I like it in the warehouse. Early hours gets me gets me off on the weekends for gigs and off early during the day and, and stuff like that. Hell yeah, man! Uh, does does Guitar Center do they uh, do they have a little leeway for musicians since they're you know they are them or or is it just yeah. like any any other place? Like no, you gotta you gotta come to yeah, work. No, they're totally understanding about how a majority of the people that are gonna work for them are uh, are musicians. So um, you know they have paid or not even paid but they have like gig leave time that you could put in so like you can you can take off three four months at a time if you put it the put the request in right you know and you'll still have a job when you get back so that's pretty cool that is dope man that's like that's like every musician's wet dream right there okay (laughs) gabe how about you man you got a lineage of music in your family or is it just you (laughs) well it's um no not really my brother played electric bass in a reggae band so he was really into reggae for um his whole life and kind of exposed me to that you know yeah now are you are you guys both tucson natives yeah 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 definitely born and raised man hell yeah out hell, in the desert <laughs> hell yeah desert dwellers man there's a there's a I, I gotta give it up, man. Like, I don't know if I could handle that shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I could barely handle it just, you know, just passing through. So, like, I, I have to give it up to anybody who's out there, like, just fucking, like, working and, and, like, construction workers. Like, how does that even work? How do construction workers man, work? <laughs> they're insane out here, man. Like, they, I mean, they try to work, like, super early in the morning or, oh, or sometimes they'll even do overnighters. They'll, they'll bust out all kinds of light setup. Yeah. And yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll work graveyard shifts through the night and stuff like that. Oh, um, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. Like, dude, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being a roofer, like, in, in Tuzo. <laughs> uh, but but it's cool. Like, I, well, you said, that, uh, Gabe, you said your brother was a, a bass player in a reggae band. So I'm just curious on um, what, what kind of, uh, what kind of reggae scene has been in Tucson? over the past few years that you guys have been active and maybe even before, if you guys are aware of it. Oh man. Um, yeah. Like, uh, it's just, it's grown a lot more in the way of like, uh, instead of like just party type music, mm-hmm. uh, they, they seems like bands are trying to, uh, legitimize themselves more. You know what I mean? By playing, uh, different genres like roots and whatever else, you know? Yeah, for a while the scene was pretty prominent, like uh, super like rock, reggae, sublime kind of band. You know, that's a, a lot of the heavy influence. I mean, that was one of my biggest influences too. Was, was sublime. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. That those roots run pretty deep out here. You'll see a lot of sublime tattoos and shirts all over the place. 
So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the before, uh, really prominently though, there's been one band that's kind of been a, a reggae staple here in Tucson since I want to say the late '80s. They're called uh, Neon Prophet, but they they've uh, you know they've kind of and they still do. They're a bunch of old guys now, and they still play like once a week or multiple times a week at several bars here in town. But they're kind of the only like legitimate like roots Marley reggae style band that's that's been here in tucson for ages and ages and ages um and then oh go ahead no no no, go ahead i'm sorry i just go ahead no uh, for sure uh and then uh just within the last i want to say a good like eight last eight years or so uh the the new school reggae scene has really just really just been like profusely growing year by year by year by year know involving like stick figure and revolution and you know and all all the cats who are kind of owning the game now when they first started taking over the scene it 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 completely changed the scene out here and that's why they decided to start putting on all these big reggae festivals out here in arizona like arizona roots and on the grass festival and this huge huge reggae festivals that a few years ago you wouldn't see coming through here you know yeah, that's interesting, man. That really has changed a lot out there. Then that that uh, I see, I just I just never would have seen that happen, but uh, or seen it coming, I should say. But it makes sense that like that those that cow roots sort of reggae is starting to sort of leak out into Arizona and and in mm-hmm. Texas too, man. Like you you got Texas yeah. going on. There's a bunch of cool ass uh, Austin. I don't know about the whole state, but <laughs> Austin's awesome. Uh, actually, I love Texas. Have you guys ever been to Texas? It's it's pretty fucking amazing. You know, I've only, I've only been to El Paso. Woo! And... Okay, now that's a different kind of Texas. <laughs> Yeah, that's a totally different kind of Texas, man. That's a that's a that's a whole other environment right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's you know, no, I love Texas, but yet they uh, in Austin they have like um uh, like you were saying, there's this band called the Mau Mau Champlins or Champlins. Uh, they're 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 Mau like, yeah, they're uh they're a staple in in Austin, and they kind of have that same. What was the name of the band you were talking about? That your Tucson boys. Uh, uh, neon profit neon profit yeah so they kind of have that yeah. thing going on where they're just like this band who who just still jamming along and having a good time doing it and, and fuck out you gotta give it up for those cats man but tell me what what kind of brought you guys into it and what sort of uh how did how did uh z can you say it for me i don't want to say it wrong i feel like i say it wrong <laughs> every fucking time yeah. it, it's DC Keeley. Okay. So the easiest easiest way to remember it is, is basically my initials spelled out in the words. My <laughs> name is Zachary Corey Keeley. Take my first letter Z, add a couple E's after it. Middle initial C, add a couple E's after it, and then just spell out my whole last name. So, okay. I don't know. It's something that kind of just popped up in my head, and then we started making stickers and stuff like that, and we noticed that it really like pops out on flyers and stuff like that. So it does. It's kind of harder to say, but it's really it pops out visually. So that's what we really liked about it. It does. It it de- it definitely makes you want to be like, who the fuck is it? Because that's what I did. I was like, who the fuck is Zeke Keeley? So when I started researching <laughs> you guys and finding out, you know, a little bit before we played together, which I, I should point out, we met at the last exit, um, yeah, a couple weeks ago in in Phoenix. Um, yep. you know, I ended up fucking recording your guys' set on my little recorder, but I oh, left man. my fucking recorder 
at the last exit. And so now, oh, no. <laughs> oh man, I'm so bummed that had all of all of our whole tour on it. Like, it well, had, did like, they find it? They did, and J Rock has it, but he's kind of sleeping on me. So uh, <laughs> I need that because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to get on him for oh, you. Oh no, man. no, man, it's all good. I, I try, you know, I'm, I'm, I've known J Rock for a while now uh, since California, and uh, no, I love J Rock. He's cool as fuck, man. Yeah, he's a, he, I know, that dude, right there. I want to give a special shout out to J-Rock because that dude right there has done a lot for Arizona reggae, especially when it comes to us local artists. He was responsible for, you know, putting us on, you know, bills with like you guys and all, all the cool touring artists that, that come through. Um, we, you know, we are so humbled that he, he comes to us with these offers because like yeah, he could always just book a lineup of all touring artists. He doesn't have to help us out, us local guys out as much as he does, you know. But he, he does a lot for us. Yeah, that's the one thing I loved about J-Rock. He's always maintained that whole uh, just trying to help help uh, up-and-comers. Up like, he's always been mm-hmm. like that. I mean, since the first time I met him and he, when he was helping us out, shit, he was helping us get gigs and fucking, you know, link up with bigger bands and shit. So he's been doing that shit for a long time. And, and uh, I, you probably know his history, I'm sure. Like, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, he's he has um, he's worked on a very high level with high level bands. And, and for someone yeah. to be like, you know, we need to like still make sure that the scene is seated with local people. I think that's, uh, I mean, that's a really important thing, man. That's it's, it's uh, definitely to, uh, to grow a scene. You can't just have all the, the big guys with their headliners coming through. And then all the, all the locals just are, yay. They, they're yeah. the fans in the audience. No, it's definitely uh it's definitely a cool thing that uh J Rock is doing out there. Uh but uh you know, if J Rock is listening, I need that motherfucking recorder back. <laughs> th- J Rock, send him his recorder back, bro. <laughs> I'll I'll venue I'll Venmo you. No, it, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but anyway, so how did how did you guys um since uh it's your initials, uh, is it primarily a band that you put together, Zach? Uh, yeah, so um, I, I am the the main uh, songwriter. Um, it is a, a bunch of material that I, I've just been writing over the years at home myself. Um, I used to be the lead guitar player in a band, another local band here in Arizona called uh, Rylan Out. Um, who you know we've got a, a we've you know we put out an EP. We did a music video uh, with some of the guys with Tribal Seeds. You know it was it was going really good. You know, and I love I love those guys to death. But again, they were kind of more along the lines of that 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 party reggae, you know. It, it was more, you know, it, yeah, you know, more more like drinking, getting down, hanging out with Scott, your buddies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, you know, and that's not bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, that's that's awesome. You know, some some people you know, dig that scene, and you know, you got Pepper and all those guys, Three Eleven, mm-hmm. and you know, they, you know, they're awesome, massive bands, you know, and they and they get people going live, um, but. I've always kind of been a little bit more, uh, uh, I don't want to say political, but I've always been a little bit more of a protester. You know, I, I see a lot of the, the things going on in the world, and I, I've always been one to want to speak my mind, you know, and share what I feel and see how many, you know, see who agrees and see if it, it reaches out to people um, and leaves them something to, to, to think about, you know. And so 
that's when I decided, you know, because you know, we, we, we never tried to do that kind of music with Rylan Out. We were, it's totally different kinds of styles. So um, I finally decided I'm going to put my own group of guys together to put my music out there, you know, start recording it, drop it and see where it goes. And um, I found just a super, super talented group of guys, Gabe here included, the youngest cat in the group. Um, and I, things just started happening really, really quick and really smoothly. And it still is happening really quick and really smoothly. Um, yeah, so. I, saw, I saw that uh, you guys got some, you got a show with Ian and uh, what the fuck? I just saw it on your guys' page, but you guys got a cool yeah, little tour. Yeah, we just played with yeah, you guys are yeah, fucking, yeah, that's cool. awesome, man. So how long have you guys been a band then? Uh, we've been a band for about five months. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so real quick. It moved real yeah, quick. Yeah, really quick. Yeah, and we're already going on tour here in the end of August, so. Wow, that's awesome. And you guys you guys yeah. have like a solid sound too. That's uh that's pretty uh that's pretty impressive for a, a very new band. Uh what oh, what, what how did you put the band together? Like how did you I mean how did you guys get so solid? Are you, you know like uh I mean, it's so quickly. Some of the guys I've, yeah, some of the guys I've played with before mm. and some of the guys I I just know are fantastic players that I've just known over the years. Um, and I, I, you know, I hit up a big group of, of musicians I know just here in Tucson and, and, you know, just to see who was interested and just kind of narrowed it down from there. Um, and, you know, based it on like my friendships with these guys and, and how, you know, how I could see myself hanging out with them and how, how we all just vibe together, you know, no, no fucking bumping heads or anything like that like everyone needs to be on the same page and we all agree on everything i don't think there's yeah you know i mean we're still fresh and i, I know what's going to happen at one point or another because that's just bands you know i've been doing it for years but we've yet to have a disagreement or, or even you know get heated or emotional with each other in any sort of way it's all just been like yeah cool you know just Hell go yeah. with the flow with everything you know and, and it's all just been falling into place yeah and, man. Uh, Got anything to say on the subject, my friend? Um, no, no, not, not really. <laughs> Gabe, what did, yeah, what not. were you doing before Zeke Keely, or are you doing other projects as well? Um, yeah, so I'm doing another band uh, known known as a uh, Rudy Rallis, which is a local bluegrass band here in town. Oh shit, a, bluegrass! I love right bluegrass. Band. Yeah, on the upright bass, and um, that's that's about it. And uh, a career path that I was more trying to pursue and still kind of am mm. is a kind of like a luthier, becoming a luthier. He's a, somebody that repairs and builds instruments. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's awesome. What what have you ever experimented with it, or is it just something that you want to get into? I mean, man, like I'm I'm 20 years old. So, <laughs> okay. You know, like finding people that actually gave a shit was. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can curse, but oh, I <laughs> opened up the show with enough dick riding. Let's get into it. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all okay, good. I let a few f bombs slip, man. I let a few f bombs slip already. So you're good. It's totally fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, people just don't take the shit seriously, you know, and uh, 
I feel like if you want to get anywhere with anything, you got to fucking take it serious. And everyone in this band is taking it serious. And it's, uh, it's just a nice community to be a part of, you know. Absolutely. What, what, this dude, this dude plays a mad banjo too. Oh, for real? Say. So he's a multi instrumentalist. Yeah. I mean, are you. Yeah, most of us are. Yeah, most of us are. I think we can all basically swap to at least one or two other instruments. I love that, man. I always love multi instrumentalists, man. I, just, just watching people, like, especially when bands just, like, switch up and they all, like, can shred on everything else, too. It's fucking, it's awesome. It, it like, uh, yeah. there's a, there's a, what is it? There, I don't know. I, I hate to, like, belittle it by saying pageantry to it, but there is, like, some kind of showy. There, it's showy, yeah, you know? No, it's yeah, like you're it's putting a, on a show. It's a form of showmanship, for sure. It makes people go, wait, wasn't that guy just playing that <laughs> during the last song? It makes people kind of do a double take, uh, you know, when when I first saw bands started doing that, like I actually like would do a double take because I'd like I'd watch a couple songs and I look away or start smoking a bowl or drinking a beer and I look back at the stage and I'm like, whoa, wait, what the, what the <laughs> fuck did they? No, wait, oh shit, oh okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think it was when I first saw slightly stupid. I think is when I first, you know, when oh, I yeah. when I first started seeing that, I was like, whoa, whoa, Kyle and Miles just like switched it up on me i didn't even know what oh yeah happened. man they don't fuck They're around both great guitar players and bass players you know? yeah man yeah man that yeah it's totally fucking awesome and so i, I i'm interested gabe do you, are you uh are you a fan of bluegrass or is it just a band that you're uh that you're just sort of dabbling with and working with oh no man i i love every type of music man like um you know kendrick lamar just fucking um I don't know, some kind of old time band or old time traditional song that yeah. somebody's just Pete Seeger. We'll just do we'll go with Pete Seeger. Yeah, <laughs> Pete Seeger, Earl Scruggs. Yeah. Uh, Bell Reed. Yeah. No, the list goes on, man. But uh do you, No, you, yeah. Is it something that you yeah, studied? Is it something that you had to study or is it something that you were able to pick up rather fast? Oh, bluegrass? Yeah. Oh, uh man. Playing bluegrass is the same as playing reggae, basically, for a bass player. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it's so fun. It's so easy. It's yeah. so easy. Lots of like, root four, root fives. <laughs> basically, yeah. man. Yeah. One, four, fives, and then you're two and you're five. And nobody will second guess you. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you... Uh, are you, are you classically trained are you trained gabe i'm still talking to gabe's eye uh are you are you uh are you self-taught how was your training what is your training uh yeah so um on electric bass actually uh i had a teacher and uh, his name was uh jamie and jamie plays for uh neon profit oh okay and, yeah which was pretty cool i think i was only like his second student he's ever taught which was like what the hell man how because this this cat knows jazz inside and out. You know, if you want him to improvise a line, he's got tons of licks for you, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, yeah, and we never focused on playing reggae. It was always kind of just like him teaching me jazz theory and just kind of how to put it all together. Um, and then just a lot of sitting in my room watching YouTube and listening to music and just, you know... Uh, digging around on the bass, man, you know? Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, uh, and then uh, on, on the double bass, uh, I, I'm classically trained. Uh, I took lessons 
Texas for a little while and uh, went to school for it just uh, for a brief brief minute. But, uh, you know, spent a shit ton of money at college for a degree that, you know, you don't need to play out, you know, which is a terrible misconception by a lot of people. <laughs> it really is. You could you could ask my wife about her. <laughs> Never mind. I, I can't. Uh, I I tend to I, I tend to divulge too much information sometimes, but but yes, she went to she went to school for music. She went to a private out of state college, um, uh, and and yeah, it was just it was just crushing debt. Just, <laughs> but but yeah, you know, like you're going to, go ahead, please. Uh, yeah, you're going to school for you know eighty k, and you know you're going to be a musician, dude. Like you'd be better off as a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> no. something here in Arizona. Oh man. Yeah, man. Uh, why does Arizona have a problem with teachers or something? Yeah, I think we're one of the lowest paid. We're the forty uh, ninth worst um, state for education. Jeez, Louise, who who who's beating you guys? Uh, I don't know, man. Beats me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone out there beating us. Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, we're pretty bad. We'll when say, it comes to the pay for teachers out here, there has been a lot of protests over the last few years, like with this uh, uh, Red for Ed campaign, um, right. teachers, you know, walking out of school themselves and, and holding, you know, a couple weeks at a time and holding protests downtown and all over the city and stuff like that. Because, you know, they they don't even have enough money for uh, school supplies for the classrooms and stuff. They And it gets to the point where the teachers have to spend their own money to get their stuff they need to teach to the class. You know, it's pretty bad. That is such a yeah, fucking bad. I'm a dropout myself. You know, I didn't like the school programs here. And I, you know, I just, I didn't, I wasn't getting anything out of school here. I just, I was just like, nah, screw this, man. I'm going to get to work and, and get out of here because that's going to be more productive than being stuck in here, you know. And yeah. I haven't had a problem with it either. <laughs> I've held down jobs, management positions, and stuff like that. As a high school dropout, it hasn't really affected my life as far as career-wise. Uh, what's, like, the the biggest, most popular type of music that's going on in Tucson right now? What's what's the scene, what's the scenesters into right now, besides reggae? Uh, it's definitely been a pretty prominent metal. Metal! <laughs> There's a lot of metal, man. All kinds of metal. Different, you know. It's, it's because people are just hot and angry out here, man. You so know what? They gotta... I get it. I get it because I come from a. I, I'm I'm like in Toledo, Ohio, and it's super oh, wow. Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and fucking, uh, I get that same kind of thing out here. But I think it's because six months out of the year, it, it's the opposite. It's like cold. It's too cold to do anything. So gotcha. like, yeah, yeah. so like you have all I can these. See the, I can see the total opposite being the same way. Yeah, and man. Like you... <laughs> pissed off, cold. So you gotta, you know. <laughs> play, right. play the angry music, because you uh because you guys in the summer are just like going from one air-conditioned place to another air-conditioned place not really hanging out outside at all right it's not like we're we're not playing baseball in the middle of summer it's like you guys are just sort of looking for for shelter right or, or am i wrong or is everybody out in summer i don't know uh, no, I mean everyone definitely tries to stay in the AC as much as they possibly can, man. Yes, <laughs> not me, man. So, not me. <laughs> hell yeah, fucking ride or die, baby. Give me the sun. <laughs> no, well, it's the same for us because in in the winter, 
the you know our environment is trying to kill us so it's like (laughs) go from one warm spot to another but i feel like that but that i do feel like that makes some kind of angst especially in young men young men who uh who are just trapped inside their homes or in a building for months out of the year. Like, I just feel like that creates some kind of angst inside that, that only can come out in sweet metal licks, you know? I mean, I, I, I mean, I kind of stemmed, I even, you know, stemmed from, uh, from, from punk for a while, you know, I was a teenager. Oh Uh, yeah. I was in some punk and pop punk bands for a while. Were you, and, uh, you know, were you, uh, were you, uh, well, you just said you dropped out of school, but when you were younger, were you, uh, in punk, I'm assuming, were you, uh, were you, uh, into trouble? Were you, uh, mischievous? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was a troublemaker for sure, man. <laughs> like, you know, the first time I got arrested, I was in sixth grade. So, uh, people kind of, you know. They, they never looked at me like I was intimidating because I was always this scrawny little dude, always have been, you know. Yeah. But they would always kind of just be like, man, this this dude over here, he's he's done a lot of shit. Maybe <laughs> we shouldn't hang around him. <laughs> Do you, you know, what, like, what'd you get arrested there for? There was even a handful of parents. There was even a handful of parents that would uh, that would stop their fucking kids from hanging out with me and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I've had that. I, I'm telling you, I I've had this same experience. I've had. Uh, like it was my best friend. It was like the first band I was ever in. He was a drummer, and um, their parents somehow the answering machine recorded our our conversation, and the shit I was saying to him was. And we're in eighth grade, and I'm talking about oh no ninth grade, and I'm talking about dropping acid and going to this hippie festival where I saw Tommy Chong and I was smoking joints and shit. <laughs> you know, like I'm in ninth grade. And his parents are like listening to this tape and fucking, I remember showing up for practice one day and his dad came outside and my dad was dropping me off and he was like, no, turn around and leave. I don't ever want you to come back here or talk to John again. And fuck it. And I was just like, oh shit. And then I never did either. I never talked to that motherfucker ever. Well, no, that's not true. I talked to him once on MySpace a long time ago, but that was it. And this was like a really good friend of mine. Like we talked like all the fucking time. We played music together and it it was just like, nope. And then my dad's asking me on the way home. It was like, so what was that all about? And of course I had to make up some awful lie because I couldn't tell my dad I was taking acid and smoking weed all the fucking time. So, (laughs) so, you know, know, I I was really fortunate when it came to my mom. Uh, she just totally understood, you know, the the lifestyle of a teenager she 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 was a teenager in california mm. so uh you know she had her fair share of experiences so when i started to get to be a teenager um i never really got like in trouble for anything that i did you know she would always kind of bring it up later and like i know what you did i know you did that <laughs> you know, i'm not mad and, and then she would ask me how was it you know did you have fun yeah <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty cool, Mom. It was cool. Wow, that, good experience, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome. I I have to ask, what do you what does a sixth grader get arrested for? Uh, vandalizing someone's house. Oh yeah, that's 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 right. That's perfect. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> that's that's what six six uh sixth graders get in trouble for. 
So that, yeah, yeah. That ain't that I was a skater too, man. So I've been uh, a lot of shit. So. Oh yeah. Well, man, it, that's the thing. It, it, Tucson's not that small of a city either. So you had plenty of plenty to get into. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm just curious. You guys have such a short history. Five months. Like that's a. <laughs> So, like, there's not, like, a whole lot we can kind of go over with the band, but you guys did just fucking record an EP, correct? We just recorded our single. Our, our EP is still in the works. Oh, okay. My um, bad. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, our first single is dropping on Friday, the second. Okay. Um, it's called it's called Lion. Uh, the reason why we chose that single is because we kind of feel like it, it definitely depicts everything that we're going to be about as far as the message we want to portray and the, the, the feel of the song and the vibe, you know? Yeah. Uh, so super excited to drop that. And then uh, a couple of radio stations here in Arizona are going to play it. And then we start our tour in late August, which is going to be August 28th through like September 9th, something like that. Nice. It's going to be like Arizona... Uh, some California shows, uh, a Salt Lake City, Utah show, uh, uh, a couple Nevada shows. Where you guys? Where you guys playing in uh, Salt Lake? Uh, we're playing at the Royale. The Royale with cheese. Oh shit! What the fuck? Oh my god! I love that dude's name. What's his name? Who books those shows? He has such a. Dope- I have no. He has such a dope I have no idea, man. Our, our, uh, our awesome friend Jeff, who's also our manager, is the one who takes care of a lot of our booking and stuff for us. So Yeah, Jeff, I, I was talking to him a little bit online, and he was at the show too, right? He was at that last yeah, episode. Yeah, he's, he'll be, he's always at a majority of them. Yeah, he, uh, so he's the one out there booking. Does he have a history of, uh, of, of management, or was this something he uh, sort of picked up? We're the first band he's ever managed. Uh, he's managed venues uh, here in town. He's managed restaurants. He's, he's managed all kinds of stuff. But he's always been a huge fan of reggae, so he, he's he's made a lot of connections himself. You know, you if you scroll through a lot of the reggae pages and, and band pages on on the social media, you'll usually see a lot of his comments on stuff. And he he keeps pretty good contact with a lot of the people that are in the industry. Um, so he's always been kind of embedded in, in reggae just as, as, just because he loves reggae. He believes in it. Um, he's always wanted to manage a group, but he kind of just, you know, he, he wanted it to be with the right artist. He wanted it. He wanted to know that, that he can, that he can, you know, push the sound and that people would catch onto it, you know, really easily, which I, I hope is happening. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, he uh he's just he's he's been incredible man he's been been an incredible guy for us he he straight up just met up with me one day and he was just like look i i really dig your sound uh i saw you live i really dig your sound i really dig your message uh never managed a band before but i was like i feel like i could do it um so if you want to you know see what i can do I'd, i'd be down to help and i was like yeah dude anything that can help us focus more on the music and deal less with the politics will greatly be appreciated because that will allow us to be artists and focus more on the art instead of trying to, you know, business run, run everything, you know, do the business side of everything too. So he just, we were like, cool, you know, let's do this. And the next thing you know, show after show starts happening and, and, um, and, 
he's he's just he's just been on the ball <laughs> been on the ball like, yeah, he's, he's responsible for a lot of things that are happening for us so well that's wonderful man that's always a good it's always nice because man i like i know you know dealing with management can be um yeah because you just don't know what some people's not intentions are but or so because some people will just be like i'm a manager and that's that's the extent of like their management you know like i, I manage bands yeah. and then they'll take on bands and then they're like they don't know what they're doing or 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 you know they're they're it's just so hard to find like good people i guess i'm just i guess i'm just trying to say it's good it's hard to find good help no, and yeah, I agree. I mean, I've dealt with, uh, you know, when when I was with Rowling Out, we dealt with a management company early on that, you know, they said they were going to manage us. We, uh, I don't know if Riley, because she was really the main boss of the band and she dealt with everything. I don't know if she ever really, like, signed any paperwork to be with them, but, you know, we were, we were technically on their management label or whatever, but they never really did anything, you know, anything for us. You know, they didn't book any shows for us and, they didn't help with promotion or help, you know, it was like, literally, why do we have these people technically call our managers when they don't do anything for us? We're booking all our own shows still and, and promoting ourselves. So, yeah, it gets a little weird. And, and, and this is what I've understood, uh, come to understand about management is that, uh, when, when you're looking to find management is, what managers are looking for are bands or, or artists who are already got the ball rolling, already have their tours booked and stuff, and they just sort of take them and, and, and take them to the next level. But, I mean, if, if, if I'm already doing all that shit, why am I going to pay your ass 15 to 20% to book me over here? It, it just it doesn't make sense sometimes. But I do get, I do get the I, – I do – like having a manager because you're right you you spend you spend uh you'll spend eight hours a day just sending emails and it's like yeah. uh and st- instead you could be writing fucking you know hooks and shit you're over here writing exactly. emails to you know a bunch of people who are probably not going to get back to you and you know it, it's just it's it's such a it, it's a rough game out there but i mean you know, it sounds like you guys are getting taken care of, and that's good, man. Um, that that's always a good thing, man. You fucking yeah, it's find been some... awesome too. He he set up an EPK for us that's like out of this world, like amazing. Like he can do everything through this EPK, like as far as booking our tours and everything. Like this this thing is 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 nuts. Like how he has it set up, and and then um, he, yeah. I mean, I can't even like <laughs> I can't even like express everything he's done and like and the the what that's you know that's what's really caught me in you know and that's what really like made me want to work with him too is that's what he did say specifically he's like you need to you know focus on the music and focus on the art he's like i'll deal with making sure you guys are taking care of for shows and that you're always booked and stuff like that but you just focus on playing the music and writing the song you know <laughs> absolutely absolutely doing what you're supposed to be doing uh, i'm curious man what's your background with music are you are you uh are you trained or are you self-taught or what where, where'd so, you yeah, get those I'm, tasty I'm, chops i'm i'm self-taught yeah i actually can't read a lick of music um and i usually just do everything by ear kind of listen and repeat 
yeah. um, compare it when it comes to instrument playing. <laughs> that yeah, man, that's that's like a lot of a lot of us. That's me, man. I I can read, but it's I can't read worth a fuck. I mean, like I can <laughs> sort of figure it out, but that's a that's yeah. about where it stops. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Zach, have you had experience with touring in the past, or is this going to be your first touring experience? This is going to be all of our first tour experience. Like, oh. I've done a couple weekend warrior trips, and mm-hmm. I've never really, you know, considered that touring. I know some other, you know, I've known some other local artists who will call, like, two or three days of shows a, a tour, and I'm just like, that's, that's not, you know, that's a weekend trip. <laughs> that's right not there. a tour. This is a tour. I love it. That's a mini vacation. That's that's what that's what my wife calls it. She calls it like when when I fly out to tour with uh, Skanks Roots Project. She's like, yeah, have fun on vacation. I'll tell you what though, there's no there's no vacation about your ass falling asleep fucking for ten hours driving across fucking the country. So that's yeah, not no, much vacation. It's like sleeping on no, yeah. shitty beds and and fucking you know like oh god, it's day after day and. There's a big, yeah, there's a big misconception of that touring being like this fun thing. And don't get me wrong, like I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun. No, just it is gonna, fun. It's fucking I awesome. Icy. I love just seeing new environments and being in a foresty area one day and like a beach area the next day and a desert area the next day. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what fascinates me about it. But it's definitely no walk in the park to travel and play music, no, even though we yeah. can work or uh, even traveling for other forms of work it's it's just it's not you know it's just the traveling itself takes it out of you you know (laughs) yeah you you drive 10 hours and then you gotta hop out of the van and go right on stage like here we are all fucking strung out from the road here it is I'm so looking forward to that, man. That's me too. Awesome. I love that though. Me too, man. It's <laughs> exhausted and be like, oh man, I still have to put on a show. These people are relying on me. For a minute, you get to feel like a real doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's like right? not having any education and you know getting the same stress. I mean, for me, that's rewarding. I don't know why. And sleeping I... anywhere, man. If a homeless person can do it under a bridge. I can do it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. No, no, and, and then uh, I'm totally with you there because it's like it is. It, it's it isn't easy. It's um, it's hard work. You're loading gear. You're traveling all day. You're probably not eating the best meals and best diet. Uh, and it, it's fucking exhausting. But my god, it is so satisfied to fucking do it. And and. Well, and the thing too is when you get when you hit that stage, that's that's when the magic happens. Cool. You know, like when you hit the stage and then you start playing and you start seeing people reacting and dancing, it's like all that tired feeling just completely just wipes away, and then all of a sudden, Bro. you're putting on this intense, energetic show right. and you're doing stuff. And like an hour before the show, you're like, I wouldn't even. You were even talking about, yeah, I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm not going to be so high on stage tonight. And then it just ends up happening anyways. You're you know? just doing it. It's just how it goes. No, man, I, I actually quit coffee yesterday. And, um, oh, man. and I'm, a, I'm like, I'm just completely physically, mentally addicted to co- coffee and caffeine. And I... I, I got a pickup gig. My buddy hit me up, was like, hey, you want to come out and, you know, play a couple tunes? 
I'm like, fuck, dude. In my head, I'm just like, I don't want to do anything but crawl under a, a fucking rock and die. But um, <laughs> I, but I ended up going. I pushed myself, and man, like during and afterwards, like I just felt so much better. I felt like I just like relieved. And later on that night, my headache was terrible, and, and it was terrible. But like for those moments, it's just. It's like it's like a cure of some kind. I I don't know what the fuck happens, but like if you're sick or tired or whatever it is, if if the if the energy's right, you you're fucking you're you're cured for that little bit of mo- for that little bit of time, yeah, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, it's I, a strange. I totally feel you on the coffee thing, man. Woo. We had one show where I just because I take usually like five shots typically. Of coffee, of espresso. Like, of espresso. Okay, yeah, espresso. Yeah. like like that's a lot of that's a lot of caffeine. That for is one a lot. Person. Yes, it is. <laughs> even like even though being a bigger person, it's like you know still a lot. But yeah, then drink tickets are useless for me because I can't drink. So why can't you I drink? Otherwise, I feel legit. You know, so it's like <laughs> that. Two Red Bulls in is usually how I go on stage. But we had a show where I didn't have any of that, and it was a nightmare. So. <laughs> Sorry, sorry for that pickup game. <laughs> oh well, you know, I mean, it, it did suck, and I had a horrible headache. But it was, um, it, 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 like I said, it was therapeutic. But no, man, I'm with you. Like, if I didn't, if I don't have it, like, I'm, I'm a fucking, I'm worthless, and like, I have a headache, and and so like, this is day two. I had a headache earlier today, but like towards the evening now, it's gone, and, and I think I'm starting to get past the the initial ickiness of it. It's just, man, I, there's, but there's nothing, also, there's nothing better than, than like waking up in the morning and drinking coffee and just like getting to work or whatever it is, you know, like I, I really and, enjoy the ritual of coffee. And, and so that's sad, <laughs> but the year, the year that I, uh, I took off for um, not going to school, you know, I, my job, uh, had a, somebody quit. So they had the opening position for full time. Cause you know, I was 18 at the time. So I took that, and every Saturday I would go with a cup of coffee, you know, straight black, yeah. driving down the road, smoking a cigar to work, listening to um, the Owner's Bluegrass show <laughs> in, uh, uh, through a local radio station here. So then, yeah, I feel you on that one. Yeah. There's nothing like it's just something ritualistic about it, and it just feels right. Of course, me, I would wake up and slam like two or three cups on ice just so it hit my system faster. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, it's still nice. <laughs> it's yeah, still nice. Yeah. What, what You said that you can't drink. Oh, you can't drink because you're not 21 yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. You, yeah, I can't legally drink, but right, no. right, no, no. Do you, do you, uh, you guys, you guys all like to have a couple drinks and party and stuff? I, I don't know. You know, you know, I've never been one to like like to get like smashed or like drunk, mm. but like I, I, two, three beers a, before, you know, two shows, usually like two beers before a show that gets me loosey goosey enough to just like. Uh, it, it allows me to be able to play everything without, you know, effing up, but it allows me to, like, get loosey-goosey enough and not give a shit enough to, like, not care about what people, like, think about me. So that's when, when I, you know, 
when I'm not being critical about what people think about me, that allows me to really like unleash my true energy and my true self and move around and, and, you know, let the music kind of take me away. Hell yeah, man. No, I, I'm with you. I used to, I used to do it too. Like I used to, I don't drink anymore because for me personally, it, uh, it turned me into a fucking monster. So I, I had to stop altogether, but when I did partake, a couple drinks before a show was amazing because you're right. It kind of like, kind of deadens that like, uh, giving a fuck thought of what people think of you, you know, like who cares, yeah. but it also like just brings down like any kind of pre-show jitters or anything like that. You're just sort of like, you know, it's just nice yeah. to have a couple drinks. I, unfortunately, I drank so much that I can't even enjoy alcohol anymore, so... Yeah, that, no, I get, I get that's that, okay. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's best to step back away from it, you know. I had um, to. I, I've had a bunch of friends who, who, you know, who got would just be carried away alcoholics, you know. And, and it's uh, easy to do. It's it's way too easy to do, and that's what baffles me about it, alcohol being legal. Oh my god! Don't alcohol. even get me fucking started. <laughs> I was so, you had no idea, like, I was so upset about fucking Arizona, like, uh, about having to go through border stops and shit, like, we were in, we did the, uh, we did, uh, uh, what the fuck, uh, Yuma, we played Yuma, and then going from Yuma to Phoenix, there's a border stop, I was so fucking pissed, and, and this same conversation came up, I was like, how the fuck are you gonna tell me that drunk ass fucking people like who are they're wasted they 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 hit people they they get in fights you know they they cheat on their wives they do horrible things on on alcohol but yet that's okay it's fine you can drink you know like in 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 Arizona that's fine you can fucking get DUIs whatever but but you smoke weed it's a felony and, and like, what does yeah. weed do? What it, it makes you hungry? You know, it makes you want to yeah, right. fucking sit down on the couch. It makes you want to be creative and nice. It's like, what the? <laughs> f- why? What? Where, what mean, kind of logic are are we? I doing? mean, though, though the law is is like that. You know, there's I've been arrested a couple times for possession here, and um, it, most of the time, well, every time that I've gone through the court system here, the judge is like, it's almost like. The, it, and this is how society even they don't even take it that seriously but the judges are even like oh really yeah we're gonna just drop that to a misdemeanor you gotta do like an eight hour diversion class you know slap on their wrist. and then and then I'd even get to the diversion class and we'd get in there and like the the, the counselor would always say so who's here for this or who, who's here for that you know and you know who's here for marijuana everyone raises their hand and then he <laughs> And he lists out and lists out the other drugs. No one raised their hand, and by the end of it, he's like, "Why the fuck am I here?" Yeah, like all you guys are here for weed. This is fucking stupid. This is a waste of my time. Like I can be dealing with people who actually are addicted to something that can kill them. Yeah, when I'm just sitting here talking talking to a bunch of people who are do you know who are got arrested for something that shouldn't even be illegal. But <laughs> but how much was that diversion class? I wonder. 
that diversion class was, I want to say, like a hundred something bucks. Okay, and then how much were your court fees and and your misdemeanor fines? So I, you don't have to uh, answer that, but but here, no, yeah, no, but here's, it's fine. but here's it was like four or five hundred bucks. Exactly. Or like that. Yeah. So they're yeah. fucking still fucking shaking people down for money. Like that's the only yeah. thing that I can even think that would be it because the 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 whole idea of marijuana making you want to like fucking jump out a window or or whatever <laughs> fucking reefer madness told people in the past so you know what i mean like this, it, there's no other reason for it now except for money and you know even arizona it's funny i i heard what was i reading an article about how pfizer was uh or, or one of those big meta uh medical industry corporations oh my god i am so retarded right now i'm sorry guys it's like no, midnight no, where i'm at right now so uh, oh, shit. oh it's all good it's all good but uh but they were like funding to to uh, prevent medical from getting passed in in arizona they were they were dumping all this money because they know that uh, as soon as people find out about weed, that they're going to stop taking fucking morphine and stop taking Xanax yep. and stop taking fucking all these SSRI fucking things that turn people into zombies. It, it's big like pharma. big pharma, baby. It, it, it was yep. fucking gross. It's gross what's happening. And um, but yeah. it's changing and it's great. And I think it's wonderful that fucking Arizona has medical and it's. And fucking and Utah, I think, has medical now, right? Or am I wrong? I it's think. getting there, man, and that's surprising because you right? know they they be one of the uh, you know one of one of the bad reputations for anything. You know, everyone's seen SLC punk and shit like that. Everyone yeah. knows how like insane they can get about shit down. We there, know how but... the Mormons party. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it's funny because the Mormons, oh man. They, I never mind. I'm not gonna talk shit about the Mormon. I like. I got. I got Mormon friends. They're nice. No, no, I, they're yeah, nice people. You're at Mormon's party, man. They're not, Mormon's they're not, party. They're, they're not all the. You know, they're not all perfect. <laughs> hey, man. It, they, they. It's the magical underwear that throws me off. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> the magical underwear. It's weird. Okay. It's uh, weird. But. Uh, <laughs> agreed. So, so um, what? What do you guys? What uh, what would you guys consider um your guys okay we'll 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 do this individually, uh Zach what what is like a seminal album for you or uh, uh that just uh, uh, album that sort of just changed your life that changed the way you looked at music just just in general, <laughs> just something that changed uh, and, and it doesn't have to be one album by the way I know that's a hard question to just narrow down to one yeah I mean. Definitely, definitely, forty ounces of freedom was one of them. You know, sublime forty ounces of freedom. When I, you know, I hear that that album from cover to cover, especially the song itself, forty ounces of freedom, was one of my favorites, just because like it started with that like really that bouncy reggae sound, and then it would just go into that really kind of dark like rock chord, power chord sound, you know. And I was just like, man, this is fucking cool, and he's. He was always singing about like real shit, you know. I kind of always grew up in not the nicest neighborhoods and stuff like that, and you know, seen seen some shit. So like, I, I always understood the music that and, and the message and everything, and understood that that hood life that he was always singing about and stuff like that. So um, that that for sure was one of the you know I always. That's when you know I decided I want to like start to play this style. I want to I want to you know 
that's when I started doing the off beats and the skanks and the up chucks and the, you know, stuff like that. And then trying to incorporate, uh, like blues and, and rock style, you know, leads and stuff on top of it. That's kind of just the foundation of my style. And then the rootsy stuff started to come as, as that teenage angst started to go away. I started smoking more weed and calming down getting more peaceful and started, started realizing that people used, you know, were fighting each other too much and it, things got done and would get done a lot better if people would just unite instead of divide all the time. So, yeah. And, and that's, what's great about reggae, man. It's just like, that's, it's such a positive message. I mean, you know, like whatever, like not all of it, but there's a lot that most of the time it's a positive message and it's, it's just nice and comforting. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like I'll just be overwhelmed with something and I'll just be able to put on like a reggae playlist and, and it just, it's, it's just totally fucking chills me the fuck out. It's, it's exactly. It's just, it's, a, it's just a it's just a great vibe, man. And 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 and, and you and I and I come from that same kind of upbringing, man. I come from, I mean, like some of it was country, some of it was hood as fuck, and, and then yeah. and then some of it was suburbia, you know. So it was like I had this old tour day fucking trashiness and fucking uh and and you do sort of uh you do sort of see shit that sort of shapes you who you are and then you sort of hit this point where you're like you find weed and it all sort of just mellows out because man i was a terror and even when i did find weed i i was still a terror but i definitely like i got off the medication that they were sh- pumping me full of and and yeah it's yeah, just, no, I feel you, man. I was raised on the ADD, man. Yeah, like did that, they man. did they try uh, giving you Ritalin? Is did, did you, oh yeah, dude, I was on Ritalin for for a couple of years, man. That shit made me a zombie, oh, and that, that killed my appetite. Like yeah. even to this day, it affected my appetite. It's, you know. <laughs> wow, man, that's fucked up. It's yeah. fucked up how these fucking psych drugs can just fuck with you for the rest of your life, man. Cause, yeah, uh, I mean, no, it's they're messed up, man. And that's you know, I started to realize that coming into like uh, late middle school, probably. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, me too, man. Probably when I started smoking, smoking weed, weed yeah. <laughs> started realizing like, man, this fucking shit makes me a zombie. I'll get through the day. I'll get home from school and realize, fuck, I went to school today. Like I just zoned the fuck out, but like was fo- like super hyper focused and shit like that. And but I, I don't feel like it helped me with my education in any way shape or form and my mm-hmm. mom fucking hated it so i told her i don't want to fucking take the shit anymore and she was like then don't and i was like i'm not gonna <laughs> then i won't pay attention more you know yeah did you did you ever discover how to abuse it uh yeah and then i also you know discovered how to sell it too hell but- yeah <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah baby no uh, yeah, dude i remember my 13th birthday like my uh, fucking me and my little cousin were like railing riddling all fucking night <laughs> and it was oh, like man. the biggest amazing discovery that i ever fucking realized because you're i'm 13 and um instead of turning me into a zombie if i rail it it turns me into I don't know, fucking a fucking a psychopath, I guess. I don't know. It fucking, <laughs> but it may, you know, like it, it fucking, it does the yeah. opposite effect. It, it gives you that yeah, up. Yeah. And, um, 
God, I can't imagine doing that shit anymore. Uh, amphetamines are... It's funny that I got addicted to coffee because I don't like amphetamines at all. Like cocaine and, and, and fucking yeah. crystal. Oh, bleh, ugh, Dude, no, man. Cocaine never got me, man. I was <sighs> just like... I was like, I took prescription of this shit growing up, basically. Exactly, so, exactly. You know, <laughs> no. My nose is numb, that's about it, but... <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... It's... it's Ugh, like I, I, and then like I, I would uh sometimes hang out with people who just like to do it, just do cocaine, and they turn into such yeah. weirdos. Because for me, I oh, always yeah. like doing it when I was like whiskey drunk, and where it would sort of pull you back into the game. You know, like you'll be fucking swerving real hard. You fucking do a little line, and you're back in the game, baby. You're back in, and uh, oh, but yeah. but just doing it by itself was just made me bleh. the thought of of uppers just make me fucking sick unless it's coffee of course because then it makes me want to fucking drink the fuck out of it because shit but anyways so gabe what what's a seminal album for you sir oh man um and again it can be more than one this is i know this is a hard question yeah um Okay, let me let me just. This is all gonna be off the top of my head. That's uh, totally fine. Jaco Pastorius, Jaco Pastorius. Nice. Uh, Jaco, he's he's God, dude. Like, there's just nothing else about it. I mean, like, take religion, throw it in the dumpster, and God's already here, man. <laughs> he was here oh, in, the, in the form of Jaco. He was for, here. Yeah. yeah, fourth degree black belt ended him though. So like, just yeah. went out to suffer. Well, um, it, it is sad how he died. It is sad that he ended oh, up. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. Know, it, it's sad. Like it's sad that that kind of genius ended up on the streets and and you know ended up basically in destitute. Right? He was poor. Wasn't he homeless and shit? Yeah, he was homeless. His base was stolen. Then uh, Robert Trejo or whatever of um, Metallica found it and then bought it, and it was the whole thing. And there's a movie on it. Yeah, the um, ne- the Netflix documentary is a fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great one, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he just went and became nothing, and it was because of drugs. Yes, drugs and mental illness. That I, I'm pretty sure he suffered from some kind of mental illness. Uh, oh, shit. oh, is it? Oh, I keep, I keep, come on, I keep losing connection. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Can that's you hear me? Why. Yeah, I can hear you. We're good. Okay. Okay, cool. We're back. So, uh, but yeah, man, uh, the mental illness, the drugs, I mean, none of none of that, you know, it was just a, a recipe for disaster, you of know. Course. Yeah, um, man. And he which it, is unfortunate. It is unfortunate because he was like yeah. a very confident player and a very confident person and then to see someone go and just dive in, straight into nothing is like it's fucking you know and like i felt that way when i saw amy too like they, they both kind of left me feeling similar similarly fucking sad <laughs> you know like it's like fuck yeah. dude you know amy winehouse was this juggernaut like this little fucking ball of fire who just burnt out so quickly and fucking yeah i don't know it was jocko yeah. jocko was older huh he was in his 30s or something when he passed uh, I maybe I think he was in his late twenties. Oh still. shit! Of course, is he in the? I, 20- can't, I can't. I can't remember though. Jocko's part of the twenty-seven club. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was gonna is say. He- hold on, I'm I'm in front of my stupid thing, so I'm gonna uh, look it up. 
how old died. Okay, let's see if that nonsense comes up. He was 35. 35 years old. Oh, okay. So, no. so he wasn't as that would make sense. but that's he came out with uh, he came out with his uh, debut album when he was twenty six. So mm. that, okay, that makes a lot more sense. He, but, <laughs> that it's fucking it's crazy though, man. Like thirty five is still like so fucking young to 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 end up like that, you know, man. Fuck. That's, yeah, that's, that's a shame, man. It's so it's a shame. It's take, taking too many greats down. That's for sure. Oh yeah, man. So, uh, uh, these are kind of going to be sort of rapid fire now. Um, so what is a uh, a weakness in your plane? We'll start with Zach. What is a weakness in, in your plane? And I hate to use the word weakness because you guys aren't weak players. But I'm just saying, like, what is an obstacle that you have overcome in the past or are working on currently? Um, and it could be your voice or guitar or anything that has to do with, you know, music or performance or whatever. Uh, just an obstacle yeah. or a weakness. I call it a weakness. But for instance, my left hand on the piano is garbage, so I'm constantly running drills on it to to a, mm-hmm. no accord. But like I still do it. Uh, so that's kind of the example I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to probably you know something with my guitar playing more than my singing, you know, when it comes to my singing, I, I personally have never really been a fan of my own voice, but people keep telling me it's good, so I keep doing it. <laughs> uh, as far as my guitar playing goes, you know, I feel like I can be a little bit more fluid in, like, scale, different scales and different scale styles that I can incorporate that you wouldn't be as common as, as just, like, you know, oh, that. I, I guess I could say maybe a little less predictable on the guitar. I don't know if I if if, if I am you know super predictable or not, and what I'm gonna do. But like I, I feel like I can throw a little bit more twists and turns in there that that you know would make people go, "Whoa, that was pretty cool." You are know? are you uh, are you working on anything currently? Like as in just trying to get better at a certain style or something? Yeah, yeah, I've been just messing around with new sounds, just, you know, doing different picking styles or just doing, going into a different note than I would think to go into mm-hmm. for different, like, soloing patterns and stuff like that. And that's how I even memorize, like, solos and scales. It's all just, you know, patterns and, and shapes to me. So Right, right, yeah, me too, man, me too. I don't know what key that scales in. I just know that that specific pattern works well with that song, you know. So Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. How about you, Gabe? You got anything that you're working on or, or worked on in the past? Oh uh, no, man! I'm just really good. <laughs> no, I'm right on, man! Right. On. You know what? I've had someone. I've had someone uh, actually answer that. Like, like hell no! It was this dude named Tony Green. He uh, he played on like all of Doggy Style. He played on. Uh, I'm talking about Snoop Dogg. I'm t- uh, and uh, let's see. He played the bass for Warren G. Uh, for the okay. song that Warren G. The song. What is that? Um, yeah. You know what I'm talking uh, about uh, with Nate Dog, uh, yeah, the one, that one and Lewis, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> some brothers <laughs> shooting dice. I said, let's do this. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, so he 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 actually answered like, nah, nah. I I I've always just been good, and I just I'm still good, and like. <laughs> And he is. He's a fantastic player, but like, he was. He was very serious. That was a real answer. He was like really answering my question. And, and I mean, like, that kind of the balls, 
<laughs> the balls. I mean, he's had a great career, and he's in his 60s. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's bullshit, Tony Green. No. You know, but like. No, it's all about staying humble, though. But you know? That's kind of how I see it. But, you know, like, I, I don't. I. I always have to stay humble personally because I never think yeah. I'm as good as people think I am. So like, yeah, exactly. fuck it. So like, I, I know where I stand and it's like, when you look at piano players, like, like Herbie Hancock, and of course I'm going to compare myself to, to Herbie Hancock because that's just who I am. But like, you know, if you are comparing, I am nothing, you know, <laughs> like that is like my left hand barely works. And, you know, the right kind of does things. But, like, it's fucking, it's like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's like trying to compare yourself to Jocko, I guess, for, for if you yeah. game. But, but, uh, yeah, I fucking. So, what's the writing? Yeah, uh, what? Go ahead. Did you have a. I was, yeah, I was going to seriously answer your question. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait, wait, he's not just being a dick? <laughs> and that's um, funny because I was going to move on because I had forgotten that you haven't answered the question. Because <laughs> I'm a stoner. Like, like, man, man, I don't want to go see that DC Keeley band. Why not? <laughs> Their bass player is just really conceited. <laughs> he's a conceited prick. He really does think he's <laughs> awesome. So please, oh, please do answer the question. Uh, yeah, man. Um, so as far as my playing goes, I just, uh, it, you know, for me, I always want to improve on the baseline, mm. you know, especially if like, uh, there's a new song that's brought to the table. It's like, well, let's play this baseline, see how that makes the, how that makes the song feel, you know, cause reggae is a great dance music and I like to dance on stage. So if I can't dance on stage, uh, you know, relatively in the same genre, then my baseline sucks. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll find that first, and then I'll try to uh, figure out if I've done it before in a, in a song or something like that. Because the audience may not recognize it just because, you know, they're super high and they're just dancing and having <laughs> a great time. But me, well, I will uh, recognize and be like, man, I'm just, I'm just a sucker, man. Like I don't, I'm not a real musician. I can't even do two different bass lines. Uh, and then if it doesn't sound anything like an old bass line, it's like, okay, maybe this is good. And then you know we get we get together once a week, and uh, probably gonna end up picking that up like two times a week, you know. And uh, that's a great opportunity just to kind of you know sit back and really mess around, build you know? build the song. Because uh, you know uh, one of my favorite things about Zach is uh, the fact that you know, somebody seriously messes up, he doesn't stop playing, you know? And it's like, well, you know, we, we just got to keep going. Right. Uh, and that, that's perfect because on stage, you know, it's like, oh, no, man, the, the, somehow the drums and the guitar are totally off and like, oh, what, what the hell do I do right now? And then, you know, you start learning uh, how to just react quicker, get everything sounding, you know, relatively good uh, within a matter of a second, you know? Awesome. I call it falling with style. So yeah. it's kind of like a concept with the band that I've had going on. It's like if, if you like mess up really big in a song, you know, just analyze, you know, kind of stop for a second, analyze where you are in the song and figure out how to jump back in in a way 
that even though you heard the mess up and we heard the mess up, the people out there won't hear won't hear a damn thing. They won't hear a difference or anything went wrong. They'll think it was something that purposely happened or, or something like that. So following with style. If, if my guys, you know, that's if all my guys have really learned how to do that really well um, just from working with them these past few months. Um, you know, my my rhythm guitar player Justin, he's he's really the freshest one to being in a band. Period. You know, even though he's one of the older ones in the band, um, he he hasn't been in a really real working professional band. And there's actually been things that I've I've had coached him on over the last few months in his guitar playing and stuff like that. And uh, he's really grown a lot just just with that and the whole falling with style thing. You know, he's first couple shows that we played together you know there was a couple prominent mistakes and he had a hard time figuring out how to jump back into it right you know yeah. and so i just worked with him a little to to you know get that tightened up and to fall with style yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. just big shout out to justin man he's he's just you know within the time of uh, me first meeting him you know or when I came down for our first rehearsal, which was just me back and uh, Justin, uh, and, you know, up until now, just everything from Phil to just how, uh, you know, he's messing around on the guitar, just everything, man, just become, you know, totally different musician. And it's, uh, it really is awesome to see the, the band that you're in growing, you know, as opposed to just like, yep, that person still does that, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, uh, it's just it's something to look forward to, you know, the next week. You know, that that when you say stuff like that, when you're like, you know, he's not doing it anymore, he's changing, rather than just keep plowing through the same mistakes and doing it wrong all the time, taking time to correct that. Because I'll tell you right now, on this last tour, we played with this band up in Sacramento, and I'm really trying hard to not name their name, even though I already called them out on my podcast a couple episodes ago. Uh, but they, we've played with them over the years, and I swear to you, they've only gotten worse. And they even added a rapper who yells, oh, and like, and it's bad. Like it's just bad. Salarosa, their name is Salarosa. Fuck you, Salarosa. <laughs> They're very nice guys. They're very nice guys. No, no, they're very nice. They're fucking awesome dudes. Like, totally fucking like to hang out with them. We like to talk. Like, it's fun. It's it's cool to see them around. But they have not progressed as a band at all. And in fact, I would argue that they have digressed as a band. And so, like, it's so like I'm, I'm sorry, and I hate to be negative towards other bands and other new musicians. But it's like, th- this is like, I think this is something that someone should have told them a long time ago. I didn't tell them the night of because I, well, I, it's, that's a whole nother story. But it's just, you know, like, I just feel like, I don't know, like, if you're going to be in a band, you're going to do it all the time. It's like, don't just keep making the same fucking mistakes. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> is this how you go through life? Do you just keep bumping into the same wall every, fucking, every day? Just like, oh, my God. You know, like, you got to learn. way too many bands like that, man. I've dealt with a handful of bands like that. <laughs> well, there's always going to be that shit. I were in, too, man. It's just, like, constantly just running into either a dead end or, like, just either plateauing or sometimes getting worse and it's just like what are we doing why aren't we going forward <laughs> yeah yeah no it's 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 very um 
I, it's just it always seems to me like that's just it just seems like it, at that point at that at that point if a band's not like moving forward or growing they're just they just want to hang out you know like they just want to be together i guess i don't know they just want to be in the same room i don't know what would possess anybody who would to want to keep you know shitting on stage and then throwing it at the audience that just doesn't seem like fucking like the 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 thing to do but you know that's me that's me (laughs) yeah man that's that's why we get together um before rehearsal to go and get something to eat usually because it's like during rehearsal you know it's it's more you know treat treat it like it's a job but a job where you can smoke weed and like you don't actually have to work. You just get to practice. Right. Yeah. You can have fun. You can you can express yourself and and, and fucking do something bigger than yourself. So yeah, what's it's, a, it's, a, oh, it's it's like a, a huge respect, you know, to like just the fact that everyone wants to do it, you know, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fucking motivated band members. What's your guys' writing process like? Um, so we, um, as far as the song, the main basis of the song, usually like the main chord structure and the lyrics of the song, I'll come up with at home. Um, and then I'll go to the band with just the chords and the lyrics, play it for it, sing it for them. And then we'll all just build our parts from there, play it together a couple of times. Everyone will figure out like, this is what they want to do. And the more and more we play it, the more set and set in their parts they're getting and, you know, they're choosing permanent parts to play every time for that song um and then and then when we feel like oh this song is exactly how i want it to be then we just like all right no more like changes to it play it how you've got your part set and then there we go that's the song and we'll just keep doing it that way but then in live we we also are really uh we do a lot of improvisational things on stage too that don't even occur in the rehearsal situation you know we'll we'll uh, go a couple bars longer than we thought during a certain part. And then we'll end up doing like a pause together that we never planned. Just, just all felt it. We all, I don't know, like we all kind of go in slow motion real quick and kind of give each other the periphs, the side eye for like a split second. We all know just to stop right there. Oh, and, yeah. and we just feel that this happens. And we'll talk about it at the show. Be like, where the, did that come from? That never happened in rehearsal. I'm like, Oh, well we did it live and we fucking kicked ass at it. You know, we pulled it off. So Hell yeah. it's, it's, I don't know how it's, we, there's definitely a chemistry between just how we all play together, you know, because just the fact that we don't, don't even have to like look at each other and those things will happen. They just happen. Cause we're all on the same wavelength and, and it's just feel of the moment. And, and you can't find that with any group of musicians. That's that's fucking nice, man. Uh, so I I know you guys are releasing the single on Friday. Um, I want I would love to play it on the show, but this is coming out on Wednesday. Would you guys be down to release it like on the show, or would you prefer to just save yeah. it all for Friday? Actually, yes, that is fine because the Phoenix radio station is early premiering it on their station on Wednesday as well. Oh, well, then perfect. Then let's fucking, let's listen. It was Lion, right? That's the name of the single? Yeah, that's the name of the single. Okay, well, then let's listen to Lion and then we'll come right back and we'll talk about it for a second.
So fucking, we got to we got to listen to it. I I didn't. So I'm um, just because of transparency, my listeners know that I usually edit this shit in later. So I haven't actually had a chance to listen to it. But I'd love for you guys to talk about it. Give us uh give us your take on what what you guys were trying to convey when you guys uh you know when you guys wrote this song. So basically, this song is it's an ode to reggae itself. And it's an ode to just the positive message that we want to portray with the music. Um, the first few lines of the song are, I feel high. I feel like I'm soaring like a lion on a mountain. I'm roaring, which is basically just me on top of the world expressing, you know, myself through music, through reggae music and, and touching people's souls with reggae music. And, and then it's, it's, it's really just about how reggae you know, creates love, it creates unity, and cre- it, you know, it brings up the topic of equality and accepting other cultures and stuff like that. Um, the, I feel like the lion itself is a huge symbol of culture because you see it in all different cultures and depicted in different ways. Um, but in a sense, they still all kind of look the same, however they're depicted. So that's, that's you know, just the... the the title, I, I only say the word lion in the song once, but I feel like the, the whole symbol of it, the whole meaning of the song and, and everything, it, it was just, it, I feel like that is the, the image that and message that we want to portray. Peace, love, unity, respect, stay humble, 
um, you know, I never want to be looked up as like any kind of star or rock star. I don't want to get famous off of this. If, if we get a, a fan basis and a following, uh, I'll have nothing but respect for it. You know, I won't feel any better or higher of a person for it. I'll feel more humbled than anything that, that people are willing to join this message and join this journey of, of what we want to share and what we want to convey. That's really nice. That is very nice. And now, um, so just so we're, we're wrapping up here, this is, uh, I'm going to start asking this question again because I don't know why I stopped. I, I actually love this question and I actually heard it from, uh, do you guys ever heard of, uh, getting coffee in with comedians and cars with coffee or whatever? I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, I liked the Obama one the most. That shit was so awkward. Like, Obama <laughs> is the smoothest person in the world. <laughs> he is really someone to look up to. Are you talking about In Between Two Ferns? No, no, no. He did one with Jerry Seinfeld. Really? I yeah, don't it, was, it was not good. Jerry was losing it. <laughs> Well, that's what's great about it is like Jerry's not that great of an interviewer. He's sort of just <laughs> he just sort of talks at people and then he makes jokes and shit. But but I, I do. But um, there was one with Dana, Dana Carvey and and Dana Carvey asked Jerry Seinfeld this question. And Jerry Seinfeld was like, wow, I've never been asked that question before. And I was like, wow, that's a really good and nice question. So I've sort of stolen that from Dana Carvey because I don't give a fuck. Cause I'm a fucking gangster. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just obnoxious, but um, they're so good, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, so I'll start with Zach. Uh, what, what, when do you feel most loved? When do I feel most loved? Yes. Mm. When you feel most loved? Question. Yes. Most loved. Loved. Uh, yes. I feel most loved probably just when I'm surrounded by my family, which is my band members and just my, my real family and my friends. Just when I'm, when I'm surrounded by the people that I know will be there through thick and thin, that's, that's when I feel the most loved. Oh, that's beautiful. How about, how about you, Gabe? Um, uh, that, that's a tough question. I like it, man. Well, I, the, um, I I like it too. <laughs> um, well, back when my dad was around, you know, it was it was uh, uh, you know, I felt the most love from him. Just you know, sitting down and watching baseball and like just you know shooting the shit. You know that that was that was awesome. Um, uh, more recently though, it, uh, it's been my dog Roxy. So big shout out to my beloved dog Roxy of ten years old. Aww. So, um, yeah, but I guess, uh, I guess a, a less like, I don't know, like um, less weird ones that are off the wall, uh, uh, you know, answers, uh, you know, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, family, same thing like what Zach said, you know, uh, when we're all up on stage, you know, it's just uh, a certain like vibe that I've never had before. And, you know, you just feeling good and proud of what you're making and you know everyone just feels like like friends like genuine friends not just like bandmates you know it's almost like a we're all friends that just want to make music at the same time 
So it's like somebody comes in with an idea or whatever. It's kind of like, oh, cool, man. Like, yeah, let's, let's you know, let's set aside some time and actually go go over that and look at that and uh, whatever else, you know. Yeah, man. That's really nice. And by the way, there's no, like, right or wrong or weird answers, man. Like, I mean, anytime you feel loved, I think that's the right answer, you know? So that, That's good, man. Yeah, that was yeah, beautiful, man. Yeah, sorry, I'm just really high. <laughs> no, you don't have to apologize, man. That was a great answer. Everything that you just said was awesome, man. I, I really appreciate it. And, and I really do appreciate you guys, uh, you know, fucking coming on the show and chatting it up with me. I'm sorry, my computer, oh, yeah. my computer was being a little twat rocket, but you know, if I've got no, it's technology. All good. It's all good. I want to give a special shout out to you real quick, just so their names Please. are in this as well. Of Much course. love for the rest of the guys in the band, but uh, Adam on percussion, we got oh. Carlos on percussion as well. They both oh, switch yeah. it up on percussion and 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 the drum set. And then uh, and then a shout out to our, our boy who uh, hits it up on keys every once in a while, Josh Lava Monclass, that dude. That dude can get down too, man, and he can spit some heavy reggae rhymes and shit like that too. So just a shout out to the rest of the guys in the band. And, oh man, you're forgetting one person though, Nathan too, man. Oh, and Nate the merch guy, man. Nate, Nate the Nate. merch every rehearsal right there with us, man. Just dude, truly just believes in reggae and believes in the band. Man. He, he supports every local reggae artist, but he, he's right there with us, thick and thin, man. He's always driving for us or. There's something running errands for us, running the merch booth for us, taking live videos for us. Like Nate, Nate, Nate's a homie too, man. So special love for him. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Uh, Zeke Keeley has a couple shows coming up. They got August 17th is Reggae Against Hunger, and that's at yeah. Irene's Donuts in Tucson. Yeah. I'm just going off your yeah, Facebook, yeah. guys. Uh, August no, 24th with Ian Young. There it is. Uh, Keith Oakey and Rebel Soul. And uh, that's at the Hut in Tucson. And then yep. August 28th, Sensi Trails, Clint Stevens and Zeke Keeley at the Last Exit Live where we first met. And you guys got tons yeah. more dates coming up. Um, and, and do you have a website you want to plug? Uh, that's still, that's still in the works. The, okay. the website will drop here pretty soon. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, so all the social medias, reach out on all the social medias. And then once the song drops, that'll be on like every platform. So. Tight, tight. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming on the show and, uh, chatting it up a bit. And, uh, I'm excited to see what happens. I didn't realize you guys were so young with, uh, I mean, as a band. So I'm really uh, excited yeah, to see yeah. what you guys are going to get into and I'll be following you guys and, on the whole social webs and stuff. So fucking yeah, rock on. And I hope and, uh, we get to play another gig together one another yeah, time. That'd be so dope. Same thing, man. I hope we get to play a show, show in the near future. Fuck yeah, man. Fuck it. Well, you guys have a wonderful evening and um, I'll definitely send you guys a link once this is live. Thank you, Zach and Gabe. I really appreciate y'all coming on the show and, uh, you know, doing your thing. Uh, great conversation, and they're a great band, so I hope you guys are out there supporting. Go follow those guys on, on Facebook and Instagram and shit. Do, do that. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on the, 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 the Facebook page 
by the same handle. You can write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Let us know what you're thinking. What do you think of this episode? What do you, you think of Lion? Let me know. I'd love to hear your uh, comments. What do you think of the Zeke Keeley's new single, Lion? Uh, you can also check out the newly redesigned WeSpeakEnglishGood.net. Uh, there you'll find the podcast, some pictures, and some videos, and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm over this intro-outro shit, so I'm just letting you know I'm over it for today. It's not that I'm over it in general. It's just I'm... I'm fucking, it, it's like literally upsetting me and I never get upset working on my podcast. So it's upsetting me that my brain's not working correctly, but what are you going to do? Go to randommystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E and check out the 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 album 1018, which is, uh, I had the honor of penning a couple of the tunes alongside my beautiful wife. And uh, we're really proud of the album, and we want you to hear it. So go to randommystique.com where you can get physical copies, or you can go to Tidal, Spotify, anywhere you stream your music, you'll find 1018 there. Okay, I, I, that's it. I, I'm just, I'm done. I'm fucking done, son. Oh, leave a comment on, uh, or, or <laughs> leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. See, I, I just can't do it today, guys. I'm done. And, and you know what? The intro is longer than usual, even. So, ugh. Okay, guys. I'm done. I'm done. I know I said that like 20 seconds ago, but this time, for real, I'm done. Take care of your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. I'll see y'all next week with Shay Rain. Oh, that was a lovely conversation. Shay Rain will be our next week's guest, along with amazing guitarist and producer uh, Garrett Jones. So, Stay tuned for that. Some Detroit players. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye.